Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the premiere episode of the official Cannabis Drag Race podcast. I'm Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, resident Judgy Judy of the North, and your squirrel friend spirit guide for all things Cannabis Drag Race. I'm going to be joined every week by some incredible, extra special guests, queens, and members of our Drag Race family as we recap each week's episode from top to bottom. You'll get an inside peek into what we see from up on the judges panel, and I'll keep you with the eliminated queen of the week about her experience in the workroom and on the main stage after she done already done had hoses. Now, some of you may be familiar with me from popping up on your screens over the years as an extra special guest judge myself on RuPaul's Drag Race and RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, but for those of you who are meeting me for the first time, I'm JBC, and I am so excited to be here because just like all of you, I am a quintessential Drag Race super fan, which is exactly what landed me a spot on the judges panel back in season nine. I started my career as a teenager working as a model and began acting in my early 20s. And by my mid-20s, I was living in New York City and I was cast on a dark comedy series called Unreal, where I was playing a character that was written for me by the name of J. Bartholomew Carter, JBC, uh, who was a reality TV show producer on a show that was based on The Bachelors. Because I was on a TV show that was about reality TV, I was constantly asked in interviews which reality TV shows I watched myself, and my only answer was Drag Race. And I guess I manifested it. I spoke it into existence because it eventually made its way back to Mama Rue herself. And my black booty was granted the golden ticket with an invitation to join Michelle, Rue, and Ross on the panel. Drag Race has changed my life. It is a show by queer people, for queer people, and everyone in between. It is a celebration of the artistry and the brilliance of drag. And if 10-year-old Jeffrey in small farm town Canada had known that this is what I would ultimately be doing with my life, it would have given him so much hope and strength just to keep going, which is what I know this show does for all of the millions upcoming legendary LGBTQIA plus children and our allies out there who can turn on their televisions and maybe for the first time in their young lives see a reflection of themselves on screen. Representation matters. And on Canada's Drag Race, we have true representation of the rainbow of humanity that stretches from East Coast to West Coast and all the prairie girls like me in the middle. Canadian queens have been waiting many years for this day to come, and the wait is finally over. But before we get into it, fair warning that this episode is going to be full of what? Spoilers! So be sure to watch along with us and stay up to date on all new episodes of Cannabis Drag Race every Thursday night on Crave and Out TV in Canada, WOW Presents Plus in the United States and selected territories. And now, ladies and gentlemen, start your engines and may the best woman win! Okay, kitty girls, I'm joined by my extra special guest, the first guest host to stomp the runway of Canada's Drag Race, the one and only Miss Alicia Cuthbert. Hi! 
girl, girl. See, this is why you were the ultimate, the best guest we could get for the premiere of Campus Drag Race because you were so excited. You were such a Drag Race super fan. I mean, I feel like, like you putting it out there into the universe, I feel like mm. I did the same. I was a fan from the beginning, obsessed, had it recorded on the PBR, would watch, you know, binge watch, watch again. I'm obsessed. So when the call came and my manager was like, do you have any interest in possibly becoming a guest? <gasps> Drop the phone, watch the pearls. I was like, <laughs> call them immediately before they change their minds. I'm there. I was like, yes, 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 yes. So I was, you know, I was like shaking when I saw the main stage. I was like, oh my God. It was everything. It was everything. You were gagging, you were goofy, you were over the moon to be on set with us. Were you familiar, aside from Brooklyn Heights, were you familiar with any Canadian drag queens? No. No. Neither was I. That's where my expectations were. My 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 point of reference for Canadian drag queens was Brooklyn Heights. My standard for the level of excellence for Canadian drag queens was Brooklyn Heights. So I was just praying and hoping that these queens were going to be able to live up to that. Agreed. And and for Canada's sake, I I wanted their level to be at the same standard as, you know, the American version. And I had even I had seen and I loved um the UK uh first season. Mm-hmm. The queens in the UK have a totally different vibe, which I kind of love. Mm-hmm. It was the show in its sense, but it was also had a it had a different feel, which I kind of liked because I was like, do I am I understanding these queens? Am I not? But I really started to learn to love them, and I thought, hmm, what's so? If I have no idea what the Canadian drag scene is like, what are the girls going to be like? And my expectations should not expecting it to be American. You know what, though? They came in and I was like, I guess it's just a North American thing because I feel like the girls were just, the level was spectacular. Very similar. And I was like, yeah, I was really amazed. And I was like, this is going to be a season of all seasons. Like, Girl, me too. I cannot wait for the world to see the level of excellence that these Canadian queens delivered. Because I think Stacey McKenzie says it all the time. The rest of the world sleeps on Canada. They kind of just look at Canada as like America's, you know, sleepy little sister. Right. With not quite as much like spunk and spaz. But, you know, we are, these queens are proof in the pudding. Case in point that Canada is a force to be reckoned with, honey. Yeah. Yeah. We are here to serve it to the world. And I cannot wait for for everyone to to get a taste of our maple syrup. Let's get into it. Oh, let's. It all begins with that epic shot, the opening, the iconic space that is the workroom. And damn, it looks good. I mean, they must have been gagging coming in there. I mean, that just like, to know that they were the first. Yes. And like, you know, everything is going to follow after that is just so. Yes amazing yes like when i saw that i was like yeah (laughs) they did not skimp on the budget honey they went all in child oh they went all in and speaking of firsts the first queen to walk into the workroom of cannabis drag race was none other than the one and only what's my name priyanka toronto's own priyanka so what did you think what are your first impressions of priyanka I thought she was adorable. The the great thing about it is that she acknowledged the fact that she was the first and she was 
aware of the fact that she was like, oh my God, I'm making history. You know, this history right now. It was like, yes. So good on her for understanding that like that they gave her a really great moment and a, a really great spot to like come in and be the first, which was pretty neat. I didn't know that Priyanka was a baby queen. Right. She's only been doing drag for two years? What? She looked good. I know. So polished. I mean, yeah, the looks were amazing. And what was the question mark? For me, I was like, what, what's the question? You're like number one, girl. You walked in number one. What's the question? <laughs> this is part of Priyanka's gag. So she walked in saying, what's my name? Question mark. Priyanka. I was on it, but no, I, I was not. It's like a call and response thing that she does during her drag shows in the clubs. What do we think of the look? The look is cute. I'm digging the thigh-high boots. I'm digging the the, the sparkly bodysuit. I mean, she has her name plastered all over herself, which is like... Yeah, it's like a little caution tape, like warning, warning. <laughs> yeah, this bitch did not come to play. She came to slay. I also love that we got to know that she was a children's TV host prior to coming on the show and working as a drag queen. So having this up op- this opportunity to be her authentic self in this capacity, I think is going to be such an interesting journey to watch. And next, we have from Vancouver, Alona Verley, who walks in in this gorgeous head-to-toe color block blue pastel getup. What did we think? I gagged. I was like, the nose piece was like such a statement for me. Mm-hmm. For her story as as the episode kind of unfolded and, and how beautifully she articulated that as like an indigenous, um, you know, uh, person to have two spirits and feel like yes. the, that drag and her and her male self kind of just made complete sense in a two spirited kind of way was like, yes, I, I, like mind blown. She's educating us. This is a thing though. Our minds should be blown because the story that we've been told about the gender binary of there being, uh, you know, a binary, a male and female and nothing in between. It's just not the truth. That's not, that's a story that we've got to like, we have to re-educate ourselves and through Alona's presence on the show, hopefully she can help re-educate the nation. Oh, yes, yes. Um, But I love that she really stuck true to her um, Instagram route. She comes in with her phone doing a live stream for the children. I thought that was really cute. She just looks good. I mean, she looks like a a sexy poodle. I'm digging digging this look. (laughs) I love it. I love it too. I love it too. A little scary with the nose ring. It was like, ooh, mysterious and scary, but elegant. It was weird. It was crazy. It's confusing, which is what I like. I like my eye to be a little bit confused. Next, we have our very first French Canadian queen of this season, Kiara, who walks in serving serving French for the children en français, s'il vous plaît. What do we think of Miss Kiara, another baby queen who's only been doing drag for two years? Really? See, I didn't know that. That's wild. Um, Girl. I love, I mean, look, it looks like very, um, uh, like a kinky secretary. I like, I'm like, we got like a vibe, like an eighties vibe going on, but then she like gets like the cool club hair happening with like the blue. I liked it. I thought it was, Mm -hmm. she stood out and she was really, um, really sweet. And I, I liked her immediately for some reason. I just, I vibed her right away. I thought she was so adorable and I wanted to see more and more and more. I agree. I feel the same way. I feel like she I, she's giving me some like Romeo and Michelle's do you have some sort of businesswoman special vibes? Yes. Loving it. <laughs> loving it. Loving it. Um, and next up we have another Torontonian <laughs> Juicebox. Juicebox who walks in delivering one of the cutest 
entrance lines that I think I've ever heard. Mmm, you like that? Mmm, <laughs> I don't know, baby. And then she got caught, but caught in the most, it was like a little, like, a little snag on the fishnet. And it was, it was like an epic proportion of a, of a snag. It was like, and all the girls were like, pull it, pull it. <laughs> But, like, what an iconic, memorable way to start your journey, right? Her fur basically gets stuck in her fishnet's tights. I love that she's serving, like, sensual, sex, sexy, angel, baby realness. Oh, my God. I love the wings. Victoria's Secret wings every day. Yes. Yes. And next up, we have yet another Toronto queen, Anastasia Anakwe, who comes in demanding respect. Call me mother. She's clearly the first pageant queen of the bunch. What do we think? What do we think of this cowgirl Destiny's Child realness look? I'm obsessed. I would I, I would be, if I, you know, as soon as she walked in, I was like, okay, I'm scared. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> competition. Hello. Like this, this woman knows how to put a look together, make it work, polish, gorgeous. The wig, I'm obsessed with the pink wig. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing for me works. I'm obsessed. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I agree. Next up, we have our first Canadian queen via United States from New York City, Lemon, who delivers another one of my favorite entrance lines. Pucker up, motherfuckers. <laughs> the best. What do you think? She walks in looking gorgeous and sour as hell. This gave me Metball Rihanna mm. right away. Yes. When Rihanna had that incredible, crazy-ass uh, yellow coat, yep. I was like, this girl is bringing the New York to the building. Mm -hmm. I was loving every second of this, and I felt like I felt like she won the entrances for me. Yeah, this look is definitely one of my one of my favorites of the bunch. I mean, it's just it's just really polished and gorgeous. I love the color blocking once again, and she just she knows she knows fashion. She knows her body. She knows how to wear it. The dress is not the outfit is not wearing her, and you can tell she also has this like incredible level of confidence that you feel immediately. She states it and lets it be known that she's competed and won all of the New York City drag pageants, and now she is here to conquer the next big goal. Okay, and believe it or not, we have yet another Toronto queen, Scarlet Bobo, who comes in saying, I'm your favorite circus freak. What do we think? I loved her immediately. I was like, there's a reason why she's so big on the scene. Like, I just feel like she's been doing it a long time and comes in rock and roll. Love the neon yellow. I mean, or a green wig. I just, I loved everything about her and I loved her personality. And she just seemed really sweet too. So I was really excited to see where she was going to take it. I feel the same way. And clearly she's well known from these queens. Each and every one of them seemed to sit up and pay attention as soon as Scarlet Bobo walked in the room. So I'm very excited to see what she's going to be serving this season. And then next, we have a queen from just outside of Toronto, the Kitchener-Waterloo area, Kine, 21 years old, and she is another social media queen. What do we think? First impressions of Kine. Um, It's funny. For a social media queen, I thought the outfit was, like, not as much as what I'm used to seeing as far as, like, social media queens go. It seemed a little bit, like, throwback. Like, almost, like, uh, retro vibe. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting. I was just surprised she was, like, a social media queen. I'm curious to see where, based on that comment, where her drag references come from. Like, where her inspirations come from. 
but she is clearly chock full of confidence because she comes in stating attention fives a 10 has arrived so yeah. let's, let's i can't wait to see her serve some tens across the board next believe it or not can you can you guess where this next queen is from uh montreal no toronto another toronto queen <laughs> we have boa bitch on arrival oh my god this this guy i was love and the girls are like crickets cricket they're like they don't know what is about it they don't know what is happening right now and i'm living for it i think it's and amazing i feel like the, the whenever the weird weirdo queens walk in the room like when evie oddly comes in when sharon needles comes in when jinx monsoon comes in it's always the same thing queens just they're they're serving something that is so wildly different from what is the norm of drag and people don't quite know how to process it right we have the like kind of the visual to set sit back and and kind of take it in unlike the queens that are there in the workroom and going like wait a minute we're all so stunning and this one comes in and like yes man yes popcorn in my mouth yeah. I'm, like, I'm loving it i'm loving it she is however the second queen to walk in wearing chaps and to be totally clear i am not a fan of chaps i feel like the only time it's ever been done well is by Christina Aguilera in the Dirty Video and right. anything Tom of Finland. Anything outside of that, I feel like chaps, like they're just not, they're not very flattering. But what are you going to do? She gave it a shot and she looks good. She looks good. We'll give her that. And she is not like utter queens. Next, we have the second French Canadian queen to walk through the world. Right. This is where I was like, it's our, it's like our Montreal queen. It was like, yes, uh, we have Miss Rita Baga. Bonjour, hi. Say hello to the queen of Montreal and embrace this thick accent. So, what do we think? First impressions of Rita Baga. Um, could tell that she was definitely uh seasoned and knew what she was doing. The look was giving me like very like Lady Gaga concert vibes, but um. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I was like, you know, this girl is definitely going to have the confidence to slay. And I was excited to see where she was going to take it. Definitely. Now we have our first queen from the West Coast Island of Vancouver, from Victoria, Miss Jimbo. What do we think? What do we think with, with Jimbo walking in with this Minnie Mouse dominatrix realness? I mean, it was like earth shattering. I, I bet it was like in the best way possible. Gave me such mm. Like you were saying, Evie Oddly vibes where yeah. it just like gagged the girls. They were like, wait, what is happening? The mystery. And I cannot wait to see. My, I too cannot wait to see what is under all of it. She's so freaking weird straight out the gate. I love it. She just walks in with her high-pitched voice saying, I'm going to spin in a circle. Like... Her magic trick is that she can make her dick disappear. I mean, that killed. I loved it. That made me laugh so hard. I love her already. I love her already. Last but not least, our last Toronto queen, Tainomi right. Banks. She walks in serving body and face, and she is here to win this race in this bedazzled bodysuit. What do you think? I think this is a total fierce legend already like i just i was like this is incredible giving me beyonce vibes every step of the way mm -hmm. i love it and the mm -hmm. black boot i didn't love but everything else i am obsessed yeah agreed so who are our top one or two favorites so far based on first impressions mine are lemon and jimbo 
That's me. Lemon oh, and wow. Jam. Let's see it. I want to see it. Bring it, girl. Amazing. And now, the big moment. The judges' grand entrance. And first and foremost, we start with the legendary runway supermodel of Canada, Stacey McKenzie. What do we think with Miss Stacey McKenzie? I mean, I loved how the girls were just so excited to see her. I mean, she is the supermodel supreme. Next up, we have the queen of the North herself, Miss Brooklyn Heights, serving a long, hard Canadian winter and looking damn good while she's doing it, Annie. Yes. Damn, she looked good. And then we have me coming in. And they're all like, oh, oh my God, Jeffrey. Oh, his skin. Oh, his face. Oh, his legs. Oh, that sparkly blue jacket. Oh, all of the beauty. <laughs> I love it. You're so funny. I'll take it. I guess we'll have to wait and see if the queens still feel that way as the season progresses. And I start to like read them from head to toe as the weeks go on. But uh, me walking into the workroom for the first time and seeing Rue's portrait up on the wall and then myself, Stacy, and Brooklyn's portraits up on the wall too. It was like, I am I'm dying. My brain is about to explode. Is this a dream come true? Don't pinch me because if it's not real, I want to stay asleep for the rest of my life. This is everything. And not only do I get to walk into my own dream come true, but I get to deliver some dream come true news to these queens as well. Amazing. So we go straight into the mini challenge, photo shoot with uh, Canadian photographer, Matt Barnes, who has shot everyone from Ariana Grande to Miss Brooklyn Heights herself. To celebrate Drag Race coming to our homo and native land, a mountain photo shoot. Next, we have the queens back in the workroom de-dragging for the first time. And I love this so much because they're all seeing each other out of drag for the first time. So they're waiting to see if there's any cute boys. And Kine is the first one to pipe up and say, there's no one as cute as me. They're all collectively excited to see what Jimbo looks like out of drag. And he is a super daddy. And Priyanka is so into it. When I heard daddy, I died. I died. You know, and Juicebox really was a shocker because the transformation between, you know, him and his drag are like crazy different. I was like shocked. It was like a real, real big transition. And I thought it was amazing. I was like, wow, Lemon is adorable. I was like, okay. And from there, the judges walk in and we see the queens de-dragged for the first time. We are all equally gagged. And we announce the winner of the mini challenge. The very first mini challenge winner is none other than Kine, because I think she didn't have all of the hair in her face, was able to serve like frame after frame after frame. Each picture that she took was flawless, I do have to admit. And I think I think a lot of it has to do with her being a social media queen, being familiar with being in front of the camera. She was the clear winner. Um, so her first mini challenge prize is $1,000 of latex couture from Polymorph. And next, yeah. we have Miss Brooklyn Heights doing the honors and calling... Oh, pit crew. Yes, girl. Some cute brown boys in maple leaf boxers roll out some giant Canadiana looking boxes, uh, which are filled to the brim with fabrics provided by our friends at Roots. So because Kine won the mini challenge, she gets to choose first and then assign which queen gets which box. So Kine chooses the Yukon gold digger box. And she can hear whispers of what the other queens are wanting, but she chooses to ignore it and gives them whatever the heck she wants to give them. So which box would you want? 
You know what? I actually thought the boxes were divvied out perfectly for the girls. I really did. I didn't think there was like a miss. I feel like it made total sense. And I, I know that Kine was trying to like be strategic about it, but I feel like yeah. it really made sense for all the girls and the boxes that they got. Which one would I want? Yeah. I could, I mean, I would have loved that PEI box. I'm telling you. I, I <laughs> with some potatoes and some French fries and a little bit of Anna Green Gables. I love all of that. I would have been all over it. I love it. So now we announce the main stage category which is eleganza extravaganza and i have the pleasure of announcing our first extra special guest host alicia cuthbert which the queens freak out about you have so many fans in that room girl could you feel the love because damn they were dying over you they were so excited no they were so sweet and i was so i was like thank god they know who i am i was just <laughs> They know who you are. It was it was a very sweet moment. Now, I can't believe that I got to say this next legendary line. Gentlemen, start your engines and may the best woman win! We see the queens tearing through these boxes and all I'm thinking is these bitches better know how to sew. If you're a, a true drag race fan you know that this is going to be the first challenge you know the first challenge is going to be a design challenge yeah you got to know at some point you're going to have to sew so you got to have some sort of idea in your head when you get there for sure no excuses and juice boxes box the much rusic video prints it's cds and scrunchies and she straight out the gate admits that she doesn't know how to sew so yeah yikes so kine asks if everyone is happy with their boxes some are some are not it's pretty obvious that she's stirring the pot and her confidence is something that she is not afraid to show we make it to the main stage and the lights go down the boom 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 Boom, 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 boom. And who do we have stomping down the ring, the main stage? But Alicia Cuthbert, the first guest host to walk the main stage. Lauren, you don't understand because to me, I, I thought I was just coming and, and sitting on the panel and looking pretty with a really high ponytail. <laughs> and then when the producers were like, so we're hoping that the guest judges could, you know, throw out a few iconic lines. I get the script and I'm like, iconic. These are the lines. The lines. I know, girl. I know. Uh, well, I know how to deliver them. It's just a matter of like, <laughs> me. I mean, I, I'm not like, I'm not Mama Roo. So. How lucky are we? We were the, we were the first ones in the world to, to get to deliver these lines other than RuPaul herself. Like, just was, so, so iconic. It was iconic. It was everything. It was amazing. It I drew. Was- true i will be forever grateful and i felt instantly like oh i'm a part of the family now which is so amazing it was it was just it was everything i loved it i had so much fun i'm glad that was the moment that it sunk in for you because it really was the moment you first stepped stepped foot onto the set that you felt immediately like a member of the family alicia you were just so you were so there you were so present and so game for everything your energy and excitement you just we fed off of it it was it was it was so perfect such a pleasure and a blessing having you there but i digress so you announced the first main challenge and let's go through these queens stomping down the runway and give some wow. pros and cons so first up we have Anastasia Anakwe, which oh. is 
sickening red for quilt look. What do you think? You know what? Some girls don't like to be safe because you don't yeah. get the critique or the compliment. And I got to yeah. say right now while we're here, how she put that together and sewed that, like, yeah. are you kidding me? That shit was crazy sewing next level. I was like yeah. gagging, blown away. I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe. The quality was top-notch. That's undeniable. It was gorgeous. The, the, like, the fabric itself was so beautiful. You can tell that she's clearly somebody who knows how to sew and design. She knows her own body. It was beautiful. That's undeniable. Uh, but, you know, the rest of the, of the outfit pretty much was just a bodysuit. But I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. She looks insane. Sickening, ridiculous. She did a phenomenal job. Next up, we have Kiara in this, hey, girl, hey, Baba Duke-looking outfit here yes but and i yeah. was loving every second of it i loved me too. it me too so next we have lemon coming out in her jocks jock scraps couture which right. is exactly what it looked like it looked like a bunch of scraps that she kind of just threw together she like really brought the charisma in this look but what did you yeah. think super cute when she used the, the hockey stick as a baseball bat <laughs> wait that's not what it's for no I've been playing. I've been playing baseball wrong this whole time. Uh, next up, we have Alona Burley. So I was I was a bit confused when Alona first came out in this look, but uh, just at first. But then I remembered that the challenge wasn't for the queens to necessarily represent their box, but to interpret the theme and infuse their own personal style. Yeah, I remember needing to have a refresh on that because when she came out, it just threw me. I was like, "What is this representation?" And it was like, "Oh, right." And mm -hmm. she definitely made a statement. Definitely. And I think it's just so, it's similar to her entrance look in the sense that it's like very polished and chic looking and like verges on innocent and scary at the same time. She has like this really interesting aesthetic. And then next we have the mini challenge winner, Kine, coming out in her gold digger disco queen with balls dropping all over the runway. What did you think of this? It was a train wreck being there. Yeah. To see the balls just going everywhere. Uh, you'd normally like that, I guess, but I <laughs> no, girl. I, you know what? It just, it didn't sing for me. I just, like I said on the show, it's giving me Christmas vibes. I, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Not my fave. No, it was a shame because you could feel her confidence. You could feel that she was really feeling herself when she came out on the main stage. The details were off, unfortunately. The balls were literally falling off all over the main stage with each step that she took. And the bell-bottom uh, design at the bottom of the pants was so cool. And that's where my eyes were drawn to. But that's what was also messing up with the balls. It was a pity. Um, but uh, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah. Next, we have Scarlet Bobo coming out in the two-colored boobs and the cow print chaps. We all know. I'm not a fan of chaps, but what did you think? I just thought this is a girl who knows how to work a stage with the kick leg. It was her mm -hmm. aesthetic, and she rocked it. I loved it. I loved it. Gorgeous. Next up, we have Jimbo with the 1,000 one zippers, and I can't find my bus fare. Love it. This, like, weird-ass rainbow <laughs> fantasy couture. What did you think? I saw how much effort and time in the workroom she put when she came out in this. I didn't mm -hmm. love the boot, not going to lie. The white, Agreed. it jumped in a way that I was like, it kind of threw me. But you know what? The whole thing was so well done and so perfect for Jimbo. I, I was like, yes, girl, yes. It's very, very Jimbo. It was so cool to see two super weird looks from her entrance look to this main stage look. You knew immediately who this queen was. Next up, we have 
tying Nomi Banks in her lumber jeans with her stuffed socks kind of just like hanging and flopping all around <laughs> on her. What did, you, what did you think of this look? You know what? I thought it was so <laughs> Canada. Oh, Canada. You know, it screamed roots. And that made me smile. And um, it still kept with her aesthetic. I thought she looked really great. And it was creative. Agreed. And uh, she was staying warm in the process because it was chilly up in there. Next, we have Boa serving her poison ivy meets Anne of Green Gables meets Peter Pan vibe. I mean... Baked potato couture. Thank God this girl can work the runway and show her personality because those boobies were crazy. Those boobies were insane. Who has boobies like that? But you know what? She made me laugh. She made me laugh. And I, I, you know what? I thought the corset was really cute. Um, A little bit of that, like the Ursula crown was like, so she was working it. And there was just being there, there was such a vibe from her that you could tell who she was. As soon as she walked on, she had that confidence. I loved it. Right, yeah. And the next up, we have Juicebox in looking like a speaker's corner dancer. <laughs> yeah. Girl. Okay, okay. What, what, were your first, what was your first impression of this look? The look wasn't what bothered me the most. It was, I think, the wig I had an issue with. The bangs, I felt, kind of were heavy, and I couldn't mm-hmm. really see her i and the make the eye makeup was heavy so for me i feel like we weren't connecting and when you have that first runway that's your first time to like make an impression i remember exactly i remember commenting on it that it felt like a shake and go wig i get what she was going for i do understand and like and that of like a speaker's corner dancer kind of like a messy uh you know like ponytail or bun on the top 10 layers of eyelashes uh the makeup is gorgeous i really think that she's so so beautiful it's like from the neck to the forehead i'm digging and that's that's about it but we'll get into that in a minute next up we have priyanka looking super sexy hilarious and fishy in this fish net look what did you think well and here's an example of not using a whole lot but getting an idea across Mm -hmm. this there's not a lot of sewing and there's not a lot of major technique but for some reason she picks all the right elements and tells a story i agree i love this look too it was really successful the red lip i'm always a sucker for a red lip Uh, Rita Baga is the next one up on the runway and she is like winter glitter fantasy and the cheese curd moment was everything like she's just so you could tell that she's like this super polished experienced queen all of those mittens and made them have volume which Uh, this like incredible collar the cape the only thing I will say is that when she took the reveal when the cape came off it would have been to have a little bit of a the yin and yang of like maybe something like a bikini or something you know smaller like you know what I'm saying Cute. Kim K in the in the in the snow drifts in my bikini that's sort of like what I was hoping for but I gotta say the the sophistication level mm-hmm. for for Rita Vega was like I just love the sophistication mixed with camp like it was just such a fun balance that she was playing with and she she fully she fully played the character like coming out shivering and looking like a you know cute little cold freezing cold snow bunny and then and then strutting down the runway eating those cheese curds i just wanted to like open my mouth so she could pop one right in there i just oh obsessed obsessed give me some give me some poutine kids all right so then next up uh we welcome the ladies back to the main stage the judges have made their decisions and we announce the safe queens, the tops and the bottoms. So the safe queens this week are Anastasia Anakwe. She was not happy about it. You could see it in her eyes. Ooh, that girl wanted to be on the top. 
uh, Mech Safe Queen, Kiara, Alona Verley, Scarlet Bobo, Tainomi Banks, and Priyanka. So that means that those girls go back to the workroom to chill out or warm up to untuck. And next, we on the main stage are left with the tops and the bottoms to give them their critiques in the flesh. So we send the queens back to the workroom. Juice cries because she's embarrassed about her panic attack. And I just got to say, don't be embarrassed, girl. Like, I just had a panic attack last week and broke down down into tears. Like, we're all human. We all go through it. I just go through it in the privacy of my own home. This industry is tough. It's super challenging. And truthfully, different parts of it make me want to burst into tears all the time. But you can't show up to work crying every day. And that statement remains true. So back on the main stage, just between us caraboo-boos, us judges uh, go in and do our own deliberation. It was tough. It really was tough deciding who was who was going to be the, the top top and who was going to be the bottom and end up lip syncing for their life. But there were a couple clear queens who were going to be in the bottom. But even that, it was just like, we really had no idea. Like it was anyone's game at this at this point. So Brooklyn does the loon call, which the fans will become familiar with throughout the course of the season. Bring back our loons. And the queens are back on the main stage. We announce the winner, the first maxi challenge winner ever on Canada's Drag Race is Rita Baga. The safe queens are Boa and Jimbo. And in the bottom, we have three of our queens, Juicebox, Kine, and Lemon. And Kine is safe and so relieved. But Brooklyn does let her know that the judges felt pushback in her critique, and she needs to find the fine line between confidence and cockiness, which is a note that I hope and pray this girl takes to heart. And then we have our very first lipstick for your life between Juicebox and Lemon, who assume the position and get ready to slay to Carly Rae Jepsen's I Really Like You. The lip sync was sickening. And uh, what, what did you think? What did you think of this lip sync? It was everything I hoped for and more. <laughs> I loved yeah. it. I loved it. And they both put in an epic show. Um, the only thing I will say is that right when, you know, the beat drops at those certain key moments, I feel like Lemon kind of pulled her dancing experience and just you know, the, did the death drops at the right time. I, if I could have flown off my chair, I would have, I was like, this is everything and more, but man, did they put on a show? The two of them were outstanding. And the, the first ever Canadian drag race lip sync was awesome. It was awesome. I was so blown away. I mean, the Queens just both delivered such different performances. They were both so themselves. To say it was difficult would be an understatement. It was mm really wanted to make the right choice and and it's just one of the hardest things to do is to to send a girl home and mm-hmm. we took it very seriously mm-hmm. uh, we did a lot of deliberating as we we should and we came to the conclusion we came to yeah it was tough it really it really really was tough there were actual tears that were oh, shed by the judges oh. just so just so everyone out there is aware like it hurt oh, yeah. it was hard and we know oh, that yeah. we're like we know that these queens are going to be better off at the end of the day no matter what right like they have this incredible new platform they're going to have this incredible fan base like people are going to oh. be dying gagging over them i get that but at the same time it's like it was probably my my least favorite moment out of the entire season having to decide like really we made our decision and uh, We'll get into that coming up next. But for now, I want to thank 
Alicia Cuthbert for being such a sickening extra special guest host this week. We love you and would love to have you back up on the main stage with us anytime. Oh, that would be another dream come true. Don't even get me started. But anyway, I had the best time. I cannot wait to see how the show continues and how the girls do and the sickening looks I'm going to get to see and the amazing judging that you guys I know are going to bring. And I just, I cannot wait for all the other guest judges. I'm biased. I think I'm the best, but whatever, whatever. You said Uh, it, girl. You said it. Ah, anyway, I, I'll be watching with everyone else in Canada and the rest of the world, and I cannot wait to see who takes the crown, baby. We love you, Alicia. Thank you so much. Stay tuned, guys. We will find out who survived this lip sync for their life as I catch up with this week's Eliminated Queen coming up next. So what's the word on the curve? What's the word on the curve? Well, you tell me what's the word on the curve. What's the word on the curve? I got up, up early to hear what's the word on the curve. Do you know what the word on the curve is? I know what the word on the curve what is. The word on the curve. The word on the curve. The word on the curve. On the curve. Of the curve. On the curve. Curve. Curve got her word on the curve. Word on the curve. Not word on the street. Word on the curve. The curve. Available every Friday where podcasts are available. Friday for all the podcast freaks. Frickly Friday night. Friday. Friday. Yeah. I'm here with the queen the title of being the first ever to be eliminated from Canada's Drag Race. She is our Canadian pork chop hey juice box. Hi. Let's talk about your experience on the show. So although you were only with us for a short period of time, so much happened over the course of those first few days in the workroom. How are you feeling about your Drag Race journey? Good. I mean, it was was definitely (laughs) short-lived. The time that you're there, like literally... It feels like you're there for a month. Like it really takes it out of you. But it was good. I was, I'm happy that I did it and I'm happy that I got to be there. We're so happy that you got to be with us too, honey. What are the most impactful memories that you have? I think it was actually being able to like walk into the workroom because that's something that you never think that you would ever be able to do, right? Because that's like such a big thing that happens in the show is that like entrance to go in the workroom. It's what everybody likes to see, what everybody likes to see each personality come out, what the entrance looks are, how everybody starts to interact. Like that first scene in every season is always iconic so i think that was like a big one to take home you delivered my top entrance lines mm, you like that it was the best it was so good i always say that at my shows like when i finish a number i ask the audience if they like that i'm like she like that i liked it i liked Thank it a you. lot you look sickening in that Thank look you. that that like sexy angel baby realness look was yeah it was everything you look spectacular honey when did you first discover drag race i mean obviously i saw the first season because it was one of those like i mean when it first came out it was very like that underground like cool gay thing to watch but i didn't really start watching it until sharon needles's season i feel like season four is when it started to get really big with like the the gay community like really big i too started watching back in season four during sharon needles season and then went forward from there and then went back from three to one um it's it's such a it was such a cool thing getting to see how the show the evolution of the show how it progressed and how the how the Mm -hmm. standards of of drag just continued to evolve what are 
the biggest differences you see or feel between the Canadian drag culture and American drag culture? Canadian girls is like, we never had a TV show that mm. we could aspire to when they all do. Mm. So that's like their ultimate is like they aspire like, I mean, not for everybody, but I know a lot of them aspire to be on drag race. So they have that kind of like, this is the cookie gutter thing that I need to do. I need to figure out where I would sit within that cast. And that's kind of like a thing that hangs over American Queens. We never had that. So I feel like we um, as performers had to work, I would say 10 times as hard because we had to make Mm. a name for ourselves without those things. And especially with a smaller industry, like we like Canada's, big but like looking at the population of the states versus the population of canada it's substantially less so to be able to work Mm -hmm. like full-time in this career it takes like a certain kind of person so definitely most people don't really Mm -hmm. know how much goes into the art of drag and how queens every dollar and coin that they make goes back into their own drag whether it's wigs and makeup or costumes or Mm. you know production whatever it may be but yeah it's like it's such a blessing that the show exists now and gives queens something to aspire to Uh, how and when did you start doing drag and what were your inspirations? I would say about six years ago, I started in Toronto. I was just like, I was, I was that, that girl just wanted to go out and party and just have a good time and just be out every night, spend every little bit of money that I had on booze and trying to get into the coolest places. And, but I remember I was always around drag queens. I was constantly, constantly around drag queens because the parties were always centered around them. Mm. And I thought that they were like the coolest people. I worked at Mac and I worked in the film industry for a while. So from there, I was just like, I could do that. Um, and then mm-hmm. I was a really ugly drag queen for two years thinking that I was amazing. <laughs> then like seeing people like Brooklyn, like I remember when Brooklyn mm. came to the city and started working uh, or Tainomi Banks, like I'm a huge Tainomi Banks fan. I agree with you. The Toronto Queens are so sickening and i feel like it's i mean obviously it has to do with the with the drag culture in toronto that you can find a drag performance seven days a week at any given night at any given bar on church street in the village in toronto it's like boot camp who would you have done in snatch game it was jennifer coolidge oh bitch that's good i know i know uh, but i think it was cursed because i saw that another queen who went home first was going to do jennifer coolidge too and i was like i know i was going to do the whole stiffler's mom look it's just that's Mm. really upsetting what if anything would you have done differently um learn how to sew better and maybe wear more clothes (laughs) let me ask you did you take a sewing class i did i did but there was um do you want to know what it was? I yes, took, I do. So th- I knew how to sew. I knew how to put all this stuff together. But there was one small thing that I forgot. And I couldn't for the life of me remember. And you know, in a sewing machine, the part under the needle, any machine that I used that was preloaded. Ours, it wasn't. So I was like, oh, I don't know how to do that. So did you not ask for help or were those shady bitches not willing to give it to you? I eventually did get Lemon's attention and Lemon helped me get it in there. But I only had enough time to sew the underwear because I did sew that underwear, but they were underneath. Uh, And Mm -hmm. the leather that I used was too thick to sew. Right. Uh-huh. All of, all of the, the all leather. Because yeah. okay. with that outfit and that wig was snatched, I don't care what you think about my wig. My wig was so good. Okay. Saying it was a shake and go. That was a ponytail. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little shook. I stand, uh, by, I stand by my statement. No, it's ahead. fine. I mean, you got to own your no. wig. Uh, but you know what? <sighs> if to go home first is more iconic 
Definitely. You're right, it is. You are forever our Canadian pork chops. That's something, that's legendary. You made your mark. People know your name. A beautiful drag queen, somebody who knows their face and can do makeup like you, that mug that you beat was everything. I was such a fan. I think that my my deal was kind of signed. I had sort of accepted that I wasn't staying after my panic attack. That didn't seal the deal. That wasn't really? it. Really? After no. that, I had my panic attack and I was just like, oh, I'm out. No, They're going to be like, she no. can't handle this. She is no, out of no, here. No, no, no. Girl, yeah. we're all only human. And that is, it is an extraordinary mm-hmm. amount of pressure that you're under, not only in the moment, but like leading up to it. Mm-hmm. The months of anticipation and the preparation and, you know, mm-hmm. the anxiety and all of that. People do not understand it until they are there themselves. What advice would you give to Juicebox today if she were going into this experience? Everything I think happened happened properly in the way that it should have happened mm-hmm. um and that i'm and i'm not worried or i'm not i don't regret it anymore but i would mm-hmm. kind of say like be, be prepared for for your mental health after the fact you don't ever think about what happens once you get to your hotel after once you go mm-hmm. home once you're mm-hmm. kind of like sitting alone in your apartment like all that mm-hmm. is like just yeah, messes honey. with your mind Mental health is so, it's, I mean, it is the key, it's the foundation in order to be able to uh, experience living in this in this entertainment industry in a sustainable way. It goes back to what Mama Rue has told each and every single one of us from day one, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? We all go through it. We all experience it. Experience it. You, this is not individual or unique to just you. Mm-hmm. And I know as my, as an actor, I dealt with it all the time. You, you, mm-hmm. We are constantly dealing with rejection and it takes years of going through that in order to build that thick skin to be able to have a little bit more resiliency and bounce back from it but you're well on your way there honey thank you baby you're welcome darling you are whisper in your ear give me some asmr ASMR. thank you (laughs) thanks juice no worries thank you baby yeah of course bye bye Okay, kitty girls, thanks for following along with us. I'd love to hear from the listeners what you think, what your favorite moments are so far, who are your standouts. Share your comments on Instagram and Twitter at World of Wonder, and be sure to add hashtag Canada's Drag Race podcast, and you might just be featured on next week's episode. Once again, you can catch all new episodes of Canada's Drag Race every Thursday on Crave and Out TV in Canada, WOW Presents Plus in the US and select territories, BBC3 in the UK, and Stan in Australia. And you can also catch me tonight on VH1 on RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 5, where I return to the judges panel and play a round of the Snatch Game of Love. We'll see you all back here next week with another extra special guest. And remember, drag is shady, but it's cute to be kind. So if you don't have anything nice to say, shut the fuck up. I'm JVC, I'll see you next time. Bye.